in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. A live look outside right now over downtown Austin, and it is supposed to be another hot week for us. Good morning, I'm Tom Miller. Good morning, everyone. I'm Sally Hernandez. The high temperature is pushing the state's power grid operator to issue a weather watch this week. Going to last until Friday, as Kristen knows. So that means the Electric Reliability Council of Texas, or ERCOT, expects higher temperatures to mean extra stress on power demand. But for now, they expect grid operations to be normal. And Kristen, you can explain a little bit about how this is going to affect us. Yeah, it is going to be hot, very mm -hmm. hot. In fact, some areas probably going to see hotter temperatures than what we even saw last week. Oh. So let me begin with what we have in effect right now. The heat advisory is in place for almost all of us. Later this afternoon, that heat advisory gets kicked up to an excessive heat warning. Again, that's one step above advisory. So we know it's going to be hot across all of central Texas today. Those heat indices could be anywhere from about 110 to 115 today, and we will not get any help from rain. Dry skies this morning. This is our Ewell Kubota weather camera there in Georgetown. Not showing us anything too exciting, but your commute should be smooth weather-wise. Your temperatures this morning currently in those lower 80s for most areas. 80 in Austin, 81 Lano, 80 in Lampasas, 81 in Mason. You'll find some upper 70s here across our eastern counties, but everybody within about one to two degrees of where we were yesterday at this time, and it is going to be a hot afternoon to follow. Forecast high 104 with a south wind 10 to 15 miles per hour underneath that mainly sunny sky. Coming up in your first morning forecast, this week's still hot, but a little less humidity, so we'll take that as a win. I'm going to tell you when the heat is expected to peak this week, and even better news, we've got a pattern change ahead, when we can finally see some relief from this crushing heat. It's all coming up in your first morning forecast. Okay, thank you, Kristen. While you sit in traffic in these hot temperatures, you may be thinking, at least I'm in air conditioning. Yeah, that's nice, right? But you may be sitting on yet another problem. This historic heat is causing. The city of Austin's public works team says the sun is not great for the roads, and neither is that drying of the materials underground. It can create cracks that you may be seeing on your neighborhood streets, and in this case, rain is not a good thing. And the moisture gets into those cracks and it starts swelling the clay and the soil beneath and it starts pushing the surface around and causing those cracks to open up. So if you see a lot of small cracks on the road, it's likely caused by the heat. And if it's an issue, you can call 311 to get the city out there and fix it. Going in depth here, the intense heat is affecting some major roads in other parts of Texas. Look at this. This is in Houston. Part of Beltway 8, the frontage road there, closed for several hours for repairs this week. Crews saying the pavement started to break up. Combination of the excessive heat and some significant rain may have been the cause here. Back in Austin, downtown received the all clear and is back to normal this morning. It's after the police bomb squad found a backpack containing what they are calling a suspicious item inside. The search shut down four city blocks from around 8 to 9 o'clock last night, and this was a way officers could investigate. Austin police say they were alerted to the backpack in an alleyway between San Jacinto and Brazos. The bomb squad determined that it was not an explosive. World leaders are meeting today after an armed rebellion in Russia over the weekend. But understanding its impact could take months. Yeah, tanks and mercenary troops taking over the streets, moving within 120 miles of the Russian capital. 
The group was led by the leader of the Wagner Group. The mission stopped following a deal with President Putin. Experts tell NBC News it may have exposed deep weaknesses inside the Kremlin and undermined Russian President Vladimir Putin's 23-year rule like never before. NBC News' Keir Simmons reporting from Moscow after an historic armed rebellion in Russia. Good morning. Moscow feels as if life is back to normal. Just hours, just days after a paramilitary group threatened to come here and try to take power from the Russian government. But beneath the surface, there is real tension. Many, many Russians wondering what the future holds. Has this weakened President Putin's position? What will he do in response? And what of the leader of that rebel group? He is supposed to go to Belarus. Will he? And what will his next moves be? I'll have all the latest coming up on today. Back here in Williamson County, there are plans to conduct more spray operations tonight after the county says another mosquito sample in Gerald tested positive for West Nile virus last week. And this is the third reported positive trap in Williamson County this year. Officials have expanded trapping in the area and they put signs up letting people know. A reminder that some symptoms you need to watch out for if you have a fever, a headache, body aches, skin rash, swollen lymph nodes. People 50 years and older and people with compromised immune systems are at a higher risk for severe symptoms and in rare cases, death. Our officials say a father and son tragically died at Big Bend National Park over the weekend. And we're following up on a KXAN investigation showing you the neighbors' frustrations over semi-trucks parked in their subdivision. Now we are hearing from truckers telling us why they park there and how it's part of a bigger problem. Good morning, live look outside up in Georgetown where we're kicking off this Monday morning. We appreciate you being here with us on KXAN News Today. I want to talk a little more about the heat. First responders say that extreme heat led to the deaths of a father and son. They were hiking at Big Bend National Park over the weekend. They were out when the temperature reached 119 degrees. Wow. A 14-year-old boy became ill on the trail and lost consciousness, and his father hiked back to his car to find some help. According to the National Park Service, a team of park rangers, border patrol agents, then found the boy dead along the trail. They later found his father dead in his car, which was crashed at a canyon overlook. The National Transportation Safety Board is still investigating after an airport worker died in an accident at the San Antonio International Airport. Authorities say the engine sucked in a ramp worker on Friday night. This happened when a Delta Airlines flight arriving from L.A. was taxiing to the gate. It's unclear how it happened and the worker has not been identified. Delta released a statement saying it is working with authorities in this investigation adding here that it's going to share more information once that becomes available. And a bridge that crosses the Yellowstone River in Montana collapsed over the weekend, sent portions of a freight train carrying hazardous materials down into the water. Yeah, the train cars contained hot asphalt and molten sulfur, according to Stillwater County Disaster and Emergency Services. Officials shutting down drinking water in tanks, intakes downstream while they evaluated the incident. The county's chief of emergency services says there was no immediate danger and that the hazardous material was being diluted. There have also been no reports of injuries. The cause of the collapse is still under investigation. 
How a chance meeting with the right people may have saved an Elgin man's life. His warning about skin cancer. Thanks to the kindness of a group of Texans, how a World War II veteran has a new way of getting around. One more game in college baseball. It will be tonight. Rangers trying to win their series at Yankee Stadium. I've got more on that coming up as well. Good morning. It is 444 as we take a live look outside. Hope you're enjoying that cup of coffee, whether it's warm or iced. I've been doing iced coffee lately. It's just what you have to do in this Texas heat. There is a meeting that happened between the right people that may have saved an Elgin man's life. Yeah, it's a story that he's now telling about his battle with skin cancer. So it started out while he was enjoying a Christmas-themed train ride with his family. Chris Meffin says a woman approached him concerned about a spot on his face. And that woman was a dermatologist. Meffin scheduled an appointment to get it tested and results came back that it was melanoma. And now he's warning others about seeing a doctor if they notice something irregular. Slightest little thing that you see right away, make sure, go, go and get it checked. So doctors say there are a few things that you could look out for. A mole or spot that's multiple colors, if it's getting larger, if it starts to have irregular borders, or starts bleeding on its own. If any of that is happening, you need to get it checked out. Now going in depth here, clinical trials are now underway for treatment using a vaccine to fight melanoma. So far it's looking promising. According to the CNBC report, the vaccine reduced the risk of melanoma spreading to other parts of the body by 65%. In patients with stage 3 or 4 of the disease. The trial is still ongoing. It could be a couple of years before the vaccine is made available. We've seen those weight loss drugs soaring in popularity in the last year. Talking about pills like Ozempic, in response, some drug makers continued to fuel that race to be the first to market with an oral version of the newest class of weight loss drugs. Results of two clinical trials point toward the progress that drug companies have made this morning on Today, how switching from a weekly injectable to a pill form could lower the cost for you. Well, tornadoes touched down in parts of Minnesota over the weekend, and they were captured on video here. Saturday was a pretty active weather day for those up in the northern plains. There were reports of final clouds and even multiple tornadoes. They occurred in northwest Minnesota. This is just northeast of Fargo, North Dakota. One tornado was on the ground for approximately five minutes, and even a multi-vortex tornado occurred. That lasted about three minutes. Also, some wild video out of Indiana over the weekend. This was yesterday. Deputies there reported multiple tornadoes. Unfortunately, at least one person has died. Now, the video here of a tornado touching down in Greenwood, a city just outside of Indianapolis. As many as 75 homes had moderate or severe damage from those severe storms. Crews are working to restore power this morning, but warned some residents could be without power for up to 48 hours. So it was all about the severe storms that we had up in the north north and the northeastern portions uh, of, of the United States. But I'll tell you, down here in the southern states, it's 
all about the heat. Texas, Louisiana into portions of the deep south dealing with quite a bit of heat here over the next several days. So we begin with clouds and radar not showing us anything too exciting yet, but look at the heat alert stretched all the way out from portions of southern New Mexico through the southern portion of Alabama. I mean, this is a large chunk of the south dealing with un, even for summer standards, unprecedented heat. 80 degrees this morning. Winds are light. Those will get up to about 10 to 15 miles per hour this afternoon, though. Heat alerts, kind of uh, a, a little bit of a mix here. It's a heat advisory for everybody, but the excessive heat warning kicks in for the pink areas later this afternoon. For some, like the Northwest, those will extend until tomorrow. For everybody else, it'll extend until the later part of this evening. So because these heat alerts are being issued by different National Weather Service offices, they have different times of expiring, but I'm going to tell you right now, Everybody's going to be hot and everybody's going to be dealing with the heat index between about 110 and 115 today. So no matter the color, you want to plan on that heat. 104 is where I expect our air temperature to be here in Austin with a feels like temperature up to about 19, 110. Looking at the UV index, still getting a lot of sunshine in. In fact, we probably won't see a whole lot of clouds in our sky today. UV index is a 12. Here's those forecast heat indices area wide. It's going to hurt today as that high pressure system gets a little bit more square over the state. It's going to crush us with those heat values. And I'll tell you what, as far as the later part of the week, it's still going to be hot. But I've got some good news. This high pressure system finally looks to weaken, and that should bring at least uh, temperatures a little bit more manageable and get us out of this 104 to 106 range that we've been pushing quite a bit over the last week and a half. So your seven day still shows 100 degrees or hotter for the next six to seven days. But I would say tomorrow and Wednesday probably going to be some of the hottest temperatures. And then we slowly get a little closer to the century mark here Friday, Saturday, Sunday with only an isolated storm chance Sunday afternoon. We've all felt the frustration of looking for a parking spot, but imagine having to do this every day at work. That is a challenge for truck drivers, and it's not just here, but across the nation. KXAN Investigates has reported on the impact of this in the past. And industry insiders say it's not only costing truckers time and money, as KXAN investigator Mike Rush reports, it puts all of us at risk, but there are efforts to ease the burden. From Big Rig on the outside to Mobile Podcast Studio from within. So three, two, one, record. Michael Lombard's Peterbilt. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 71 of the Lombard Trucking Show. Helps deliver a cargo of content about his livelihood. I'm your host, Michael Lombard, a.k.a. Lombard Trucking. I'm coming at you live from Ottawa, Kansas. I'm coming at you live from southwest Wisconsin, and I'm out here in Newton, Iowa. Lombard talks trucking with drivers and other movers and shakers in the industry, and always top of mind. And I'm like, dude, where am I supposed to park? What's the scariest place you've had to park? One of the things I talk about is how hard it was to park. It remains uh, the one of the largest issues. What is the problem with parking? Uh, that there's not enough. I have drivers on my show who say, they're like, oh, Austin's the worst part of being on 35. And it's not just Austin or Texas. According to the U.S. Department of Transportation, nationwide, there's roughly one parking spot for every 11 truckers. 
which means truck stops like this one in Gerald fill up fast, leaving drivers to park along on and off ramps on the side of the interstate or wherever else they can find. If there's not enough safe truck parking, these trucks are going to start coming closer to residential areas. Exactly the issue. I don't personally love it. Neighbors in a Mainer subdivision had when they contacted KXAN Investigates earlier this year. It's like looking at a convoy. Trucks were parking along a thoroughfare in their neighborhood. You would not be able to see at all. You'd be just making a blind turn because the semis are lined up here. I understand their plights, but they're pointing the fingers at the wrong people. You start calling their local leaders, you know, their local representatives, as well as, you know, their um, uh, representatives in Congress. In fact, at the nation's capital, lawmakers are considering measures that would earmark $755 million over three years to construct truck parking spaces across the nation. Because this all comes down to highway safety. Louis Pugh is with the Owner-Operator Independent Drivers Association. Subcommittee on Highways. Last month, he spoke in support of the funding before a congressional committee. Truckers struggle to find safe place to park, wasting nearly an hour of productive time each day searching for a place to rest. Which he says cuts into truckers pay and slows the supply chain because federal regulations limit the number of hours they can drive in a day. If this passes, your municipality can put in a bid to the federal government to ask for this some of this money to build a parking parking area for trucks and it won't even cost your town anything. At first, it was only just me. Even when Lombard is home in Buda, he has to park on back roads around nearby hotels, and he's got company. Most you'll see, I mean, the road will be full all the way down. And expects even more with the new warehouses popping up just across the street. Uh, in the mobile studio. So he plans to keep the conversation rolling. What's the parking like on your end? Hoping relief is just down the road. Mike Rush reporting for us. So there are duplicate House and Senate bills in Congress to fund truck parking. The House bill has gotten the farthest. It's passed through the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee and then heads to the House floor next for a vote. And if you have something you'd like us to investigate, use your smartphone device to scan the QR code that you see right there on your screen and we'll get on it. A World War II veteran has a new way of getting around thanks to the kindness of a group of Texans. 96-year-old Jack Hugman is a U.S. Navy veteran from San Marcos. So at a World War II veteran celebration in May, he shared with the event organizer he needed a new electric wheelchair. In about a week, dozens of people raised more than $2,000 to buy him that wheelchair just in time for Memorial Day weekend. We can't forget these soldiers. We can't forget the sacrifice that they made. We have more on Jack's story over at KXAN.com. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you, first place Rangers. Wrapping up a road trip they won Friday at Yankee Stadium, lost on Saturday, so trying to win the series on Sunday afternoon. Started out well enough. Jonah Heim with a solo home run, and then this base hit. And that is Leody Tavares, a double. That brings home Ezekiel Duran. It's three to nothing. Rangers with the lead, but then, well, here come the Yankees. Harrison Bader down one with two on, and from down one to up one with that two-run double. Four to three, Yankees take the lead, and then they add an insurance run from Giancarlo Stanton. A little blooper into left field. Five to three, Rangers a chance in the ninth. Well, probably wouldn't want anybody else up or maybe... 
one of a couple and Adolis Garcia, but he strikes out as the tying run. Rangers are coming home to take on the Tigers tomorrow. Astros trying to avoid the sweep against the Dodgers on Sunday night, and that is Jose Abreu, and that ball is tagged. Astros take a 4-1 to one lead on the Dodgers, but now Los Angeles comes all the way back in the eighth inning. Will Smith crushes one to center field. That ties it up at four. They go to extra innings. Each team scores in the tenth. Then in the eleventh inning, Alex Bregman comes to a, the plate. Well, you know he's a fan favorite in L.A., and he rips one into left field. That scores the go-ahead run again. And then how about the defense when the Dodgers come to bat down one? Smith up the middle. Mauricio Dubon, great play. That keeps the run from scoring. And from there, they keep the run from scoring and win it 6-5. to five. Astros are coming home to take on the Cardinals in Houston on Tuesday. All right, College World Series. Could LSU win a national title on Sunday? Tommy White gives... The Tigers lead over Florida 2 to 1. They led 3 to 1. Then it was tied at 3. And then it's Ty Evans and he unties it. That's a grand slam and from there the Gators went crazy on LSU pitching. Wyatt Langford, this guy has got some kind of power and he would show it off. Langford crushes that one to left field, a no doubter. And you see that score jumping into double figures. Will it double again? How about 24 runs, a college World Series record, 24 to 4, the final, but it's just one win for the Gators. So tonight in Omaha, the college baseball season and the college sports season will come to an end in a winner-take-all matchup. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you. 